Hey there, friends. Welcome to episode 172 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. So today I want to share a little bit of a story around the time that I think I first lost trust in my body. That was followed by a very long and winding road of lost trust and trying to regain it. And that is what we're going to talk about today. So stay tuned for that right after this. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. All right. So how are you doing, friend? I hope you are well. We are going to launch into a conversation or, I mean, a one-sided conversation, but hopefully you'll come over onto Instagram and share your thoughts with me. Um, But a a chat about the moment that I lost trust in my body and how that kind of played out over a number of years and, well, more than a number of years, decades. Um, And yes, it's a story about my life, but I hope it will be really relevant and give you some food for thought. Um, Before we dive into that, though, last week, if you listen to last week's podcast episode, you'll know that I was like, maybe there'll be a link in my bio for this free workshop that's coming up. Maybe there won't be. And indeed, if you went to look for it, there was not. Uh, There was a link to get on to the mailing list, which would um, have worked as well. But now this week, you will find a link in the show notes for the details of an upcoming free workshop. So it's going to be an online workshop that I'm offering two time slots of to cover off a couple of different time zones. So we're going to do 10 a.m. on Tuesday, the 25th of October, and then 7.30 p.m. on the same day. And that's Melbourne time. So Australian Eastern, it'll be daylight time by then. So that free workshop, we're going to do some some talking around what somatic exercise can do for us and self-kindness when it comes to managing aches, pains, and tension. So we're going to be doing some theory, but there's also going to be a movement component where you actually get to experience this in your body. For some of you, you will have already experienced this before. For others, this might be a brand new experience of somatic exercise. The workshop is completely free and you'll find the details to sign up via the show notes. Um, The other thing that's going on at the moment, and we'll launch into our conversation um, straight after this, but the other thing that's going on at the moment is we are celebrating three years of the Self-Kind Hub, which is my online movement space. It didn't used to be called the Self-Kind Hub. It used to be called the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is far more of a mouthful. Um, But that is turning three towards you know, the next in the, within the next month or so, we turn three. And so the free workshop is part of my celebration for that. And the other thing that I'm doing to celebrate is for the first time ever offering a free seven-day trial of the Self-Kind Hub. But yes, I'm going to run that, that seven-day intro period until the end of October. I have resisted doing this because I I'm really not in the business of convincing anyone to do anything, um, but rather to say, hey, this is here if and when you want it. Um, and so to me, sometimes offering like a free trial period feels a little bit like uh, pressure, but 
I thought about it and realized that for some people, it's just simply, I need to see behind the curtain before I make, you know, a a final decision. And I get that. And I completely respect that. So we're going to give it a try. We're going to do it as a bit of a birthday celebration. Um, And so until the end of October, if you sign up to the Self-Kind Hub for the first time, your first seven days are completely free. So you can, you know, get in there, have a try of everything, see if it fits what you you know, want it to be, um, see if it meets you where you need to be met right now and, you know, maybe stick around if you love it, leave if you don't, and that will be much fun. So that's our birthday celebration stuff. Now let's get into our topic for today. I want to talk about the moment that I think I first lost trust in my body. Now, We talk about this idea, but I don't think I've ever shared any of my own story around this on the podcast. And last night as I was getting ready for bed, it dawned on me that the first time I really lost trust in my body, I can actually remember it really clearly, which is interesting because I don't think of myself as having a particularly um, great catalogue of of memories for things in my past. I've I've forgotten a lot of stuff, Uh, but this really sticks out in my mind. And I was probably 15 or 16 years old on a trip to Queensland, which is just a, you know, if you're not from Australia, a couple of of states above where I live here in Melbourne. And I was with my mum and my best friend and my best friend's mum. And we'd gone to like the theme parks. And I think we were going to go somewhere with like water slides. And I was a fairly late bloomer and I had not long prior to that gotten my period for the first time. And I remember the absolute terror and fear of thinking that possibly I would miss out on these activities because of that. Because if I got my period while we were there, I was not prepared to, you know, to do these activities in that state. And I'm sort of doing bunny ears as I, as I say that, because, um, I'm trying to be ironic, I suppose. Um, and I remember so clearly the just absolute lack of trust in my body and a really deep sense of shame that I would have to miss out on something because my body had let me down. Now, with the benefit of, of nearly 40 years behind me now, I can look at that and be like, geez, that's such a shame. It's a shame that, you know, I didn't feel like I could get support for that to sort of realize that there were lots of ways to deal with that as a, um, as a, as a quote unquote problem. Um, and how wild it is that we feel so much shame over very normal expected human things, right? So, but that was significant. That was truly so significant. And I think that it has, that that particular scenario and challenge has followed me in my life a lot. And I just was, con- you know, I was just thinking about this last night. As, as I said, I was, as I was getting ready to bed, that memory just kind of flooded back. And I think that it set the scene for a belief that, you know, my body could let me down in any moment and it could be quite a surprise, 
right? It could come as quite a shock and that that would be the worst of all, that my body could let me down and betray me without me even expecting it. And this has huge implications for all, you know, for everybody. Not my situation, of course, doesn't have an implication on you at all, doesn't have a, you know, doesn't affect you at all. But I bet there is a story in your life that follows a similar thing, right? Something that happened that you're like, well, my body can't be trusted, or I can't be trusted, or my thoughts can't be trusted, or whatever the scenario might be. Now, we could spend a lifetime then beginning to unravel those beliefs that really get set into motion in a very quick moment in time. And yes, they are reinforced by a lot of the messaging and conditioning and all of that sort of stuff that we then, you know, get exposed to over a lifetime. But that moment of like, well, I can't, I can't trust this, this body of mine can happen so incredibly quickly. It could be, you know, like the example that I've given, it could be an injury, it could be an illness, it could be any one of those things that you think, well, like, who can trust this thing, right? Um, over the years, I continued to not trust my body um, and that it wouldn't betray me. Uh, a lot of it came back to to that fear of like not knowing that I had my period and um, like bleeding in public, um, having to miss out on things. And then as I got a bit older, I ended up sort of dealing with really chronic and significant neck pain, neck and shoulder. And I remember going to see different practitioners. I've, I've seen so many osteopaths and so many chiropractors and so many, you know, just everybody. I've just seen so many people over my life um, to deal with the same issue over and over and over again. And I remember one, one therapist asking me, how many times have you had whiplash? And I was like, none. I've never had whiplash, I don't think. And he said, you know, you're, you're, you present as somebody who has had multiple occurrences of whiplash. Another practitioner, it was a, a um, I can't even think of the word right now, uh, acupuncture. That's the one. Uh, it was an acupuncturist when I was in working in the city as a young adult. And I went to see this acupuncturist for the same problem again, really chronic, significant neck and shoulder pain. And he said to me after a series of sessions, I cannot get this to be effective when you are so tight, when your muscles are so brick-like. I simply cannot get you the results that you want when you're in that condition. So go and get a little looser and then come back and we'll see what we can do. And I I remember thinking, wow, okay, like I, where do I go from here? Because you were my last resort. <laughs> I'd seen everybody else already. And, you know, acupuncture was going to be the thing that was going to solve this problem. And I can so clearly remember often saying to my husband, my now husband, I wish that I could just cut off everything, you know, shoulders up and get it replaced with a new set because I felt so disconnected from and so angry at and so consumed by that discomfort. And I think it probably wasn't helped by the the mental discomfort of not trusting myself, of not particularly liking myself, of not enjoying my experience. And 
so this this lack of self-trust for the body just builds and builds. And I think this is important to recognize that we might not call it that. You might not have that language around the relationship that you have with your body or parts of your body. But we, we I think all, I don't think anyone's immune from developing these beliefs and this, these, um, yeah, these beliefs in this relationship with ourselves at some point in our life. Now, if that isn't true and you're like, no, I'm definitely immune. I have never experienced that. Then I am, I am genuinely so delighted for you. Um, I think it's interesting. I talk a lot about this idea that, you know, what if your body is working for you? What if it was true that even in our discomfort, our body is working for us always? And every time I talk about this, I hear in my head the rebuttals of, well, hang on, what about this illness? What about that cancer? What about that dementia? What about this and that? How do you explain that? And to that, I say, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have a good explanation. I don't, I'm not going to even begin to, to try to, um, to answer that question. But I do think that if we start with the belief that our body is always working for us, that it really opens up the possibility of being kinder with ourselves, of being gentler with ourselves and of being more curious. And it helps us to extract ourselves, possibly slowly, from that feeling that we have to be an adversary to ourselves or to our body. Because the thing is, when we are in an adversary relationship with ourselves, we are setting in motion a like internalized fight or flight response. So we know that if we imagine a stressful experience, that we will have a physical response to that. I am playing my first basketball game on Thursday. I signed up. I didn't even sign up. I started a team. And I have only played basketball when I was a young child. So this feels scary. Um, But I'm playing my first game on Thursday. And if I think about that, I get nervous. It's no different to if I was stepping onto the court right this second. And so if I'm in my mind having a conversation that is self punishing, self-shaming, self-judging, then the reaction that my body has is going to be real. It is going to be real and it is going to have an impact. And those tight shoulders that I was talking about before, that neck pain, I truly don't think I could extract myself from that until I learned to meet myself with kindness because I was perpetuating the very thing that I was trying to escape from by like shaming myself and hating myself and hating the way that my body was behaving. And it just doesn't work. It just didn't work. Now, like I said, I I do hear the rebuttals, right? Like I hear them (laughs) in my own head too. Um, many of you wouldn't know that my mum has been diagnosed with a form of dementia. Now she's pretty young. She's, she's only just, you know, gone 70 and, or 70, is she 70, 71? Anyway, she's had dementia now for a couple of years. And 
it's hard to explain that, right? You might have a loved one with, um, who's, you, you know, who's, who's dealt with something similar. Um, perhaps, you know, you know, someone who's battling cancer. Um, these things, like I said, I'm not going to try to explain them. I'm no doctor. Uh, but I would very gently suggest that if the rebuttal to this idea of being kinder to yourself and, and kind of assuming, uh, benevolence on the part of your body in the face of these things that seem so cruel and so unfair, if that's the, that if that's the thing that you kind of want to use as a, a reason for not being kinder to yourself, I don't know. I, I just, I would sit with that a little bit, I think, if it was me. And kind of question, do I want to be in an adverse relationship with myself or do I want to step towards more kindness? Even if there's these question marks around, is it true? Now, I 100% believe that it's true, that my body is always working for me and that it is my friend. I 100% believe that. Does it mean that I can explain everything? Does it mean that everything makes sense? No. Does it help me to have a better relationship with myself and to navigate life with more ease? 100%. And for me, that is a better um, reason to move towards it than to move away from it because there's things that I don't understand. So hopefully that is helpful. I, yeah, I, where do I want to go with this? I guess my point here today is that there are so many examples and times in our lives where things have happened to erode our trust in our body and they will continue to happen, right? We'll unstack the dishwasher one day and something will, will twinge and we'll be like, bah, can't trust this body of mine. Um, we will, you know, have something embarrassing happen in public. Bah, can't help, you know, can't trust this body of mine. I remember when I was, when my kids were a lot littler, they were toddlers and we were using a bathroom at the super, at the shops, right? At the, at the shopping center. One of those sort of toilet cubicles where you have to push a button like to lock it, like a electronic button. And then the toilet is like a million meters from the door. And how you open that door is to press the same button again. <laughs> and one of my toddlers pushed the button while I was on the toilet. Yes, he did. And I remember fumbling, quickly trying to pull my pants up, doing all the things and was just so horrified. And in that moment, can't trust the toddler, right? It's a little bit like the way that we think of our body as well. Oh, it just did this thing. And now can I trust it again? I'm so embarrassed. I'm this, I'm that. And it's, it's quite the ride. Um, but if we come back to this premise that our body is always working for us and that we want and value being in a more kind relationship with ourselves, then that's when we start to build back that trust. I still don't always trust my body, even though I hold that belief that it is always working for me. I don't always trust it. And it is a, it is a process. It is a process of 
being in relationship with myself. But I think it's that commitment to continuing to do that that is the important part, right? I think sometimes when we're like, right, I am going to commit to self-kindness. I am going to commit to trusting my body. I'm going to hold this belief that my body is always working for me. When we experience something that isn't that, right, we experience something that is not self-kind or that erodes our trust or that makes us question whether our body is indeed working for us, that we kind of default to throwing it all out. We just throw it all out because this one uh, example is enough to make us decide that it's not worth it. But I think that what we what we really gain from is a longer term view that says it doesn't have to all be perfect because it won't be and it can't be because that's not life. But I am still committed to navigating through this lens of kindness, through this lens of wanting to be in relationship with myself in a way that is more kind, in a way that is more trusting. And when we kind of drop the need for it to be perfect, when we drop the goalposts essentially and say, you know, I can work towards something without there being a need for it to to be just right or always one way, gosh, we open up so much space for ourselves just to be human. Because that's ultimately the goal is to give ourselves more space for our humanity. Not to try to shrink our humanity down (laughs) to make it easier, because that's when it pops up and we are like, well, now I feel shame and now I feel guilt and now I feel all these things because my humanity just suddenly escaped, you know, my my tight um, confines that I was trying to keep it in. Um, instead, when we leave space for it, we, we, we embrace it almost, you know, um, and we ask for the support where we need it. We do the things that support ourselves. Um, I think it just gives us so much more space to, to, to start to move into that trust, to move into that curiosity with more consistency and with a much longer term view doesn't have to happen today. It doesn't have to happen right this second. But every little moment that we offer ourselves that space to explore it, it counts, right? So that is my story. I hope that that offers you something to chew over. It's never my intention to try to offer you any kind of blueprint or any kind of um you know, just do this and then that, but more to give you space and ideas and concepts to play with, to contemplate and just to see what it brings up. So as you move into the week ahead, the day ahead, the hour ahead, how can you meet yourself with more kindness? How can you play with this idea that your body is always working for you and just start to, you know, develop that trust, to to regain that trust, to play with it, explore with it, even in tiny, small moments. Go to the show notes if you want to find out about joining me for that free workshop that we talked about before this show sort of started. Um, It's going to be a 90-minute workshop and it's going to be absolutely jam-packed with information and practice and I would love to see you there totally free, won't cost you a penny. And you can also find the details for joining me for a seven day free trial inside the hub in the show notes as well. 
All right. Until next time. Fred. Oh, actually, what I was going to say before we wrap up was that starting in October, so that will be the next episode that lands, we are going to do a series all through the month of October about somatic exercise. We're going to go into a whole bunch of different things about somatic exercise, why it's so helpful for managing aches, pains and tension, um, how it can also really be supportive in sort of same sort of thing we're talking about here, like reframing our relationship with ourselves, building that self-trust, finding that capacity to be kinder to ourselves. So we're going to talk all about that in the next few episodes. So don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't rated or reviewed the show, I would love for you to head over to Apple Podcasts and do that because it just absolutely makes my day, makes it easier for other people to find the podcast as well. All right, that really is it this time. Have an awesome day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at EricaWeb underscore Self Kind. And you can sign up for my e newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at EricaWeb underscore Self Kind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye. Bye.